This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's welcome back into the show our friend and content development specialist, Karen McGee, for the Central Regional Report. Karen could be in Ottawa. She could be in Morrisburg. No one knows. Morrisburg. Uh, Back viewing the St. Lawrence River. What's the river looking like these days? It looks cold this morning. It's chilly. (laughs) We'll take that. We'll take that. Hey, Karen, earlier this summer, Mohawk College in Hamilton, Ontario, announced they would not be continuing with their accessible media program, a program that had received quite a bit of praise over the course of the last few years. What was the reason behind the program being canceled? So according to a statement on the Mohawk College website, the program was canceled due to low enrollment. Um, only 41 students have graduated from the program since it launched in 2017. So it wasn't really meeting the targets the college had set. Um, it was the only program of its kind in Canada. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Oh, we sure students have. Learned, yeah, I mean, it was great. Students learned to write an inclusive plain language. They learned how to create accessible documents, closed captioning audio description for video, and lots of other skills about making some media accessible for everybody. Um, an example, a final project would be they'd work with a small business or an organization to be help them become more accessible. So they, they, it was a really um, hands-on learning environment. Um, while the enrollment may not have been up to the standards of college, the employment rate for graduates was 91%. That seems pretty good to me. I'm not um, an expert on this, but 91%, I would be happy with 91 Um really indicates a need for these skills in the workforce. They are continuing a smaller, more flexible, sort of one of those micro-credential programs that they have. You know, you can go, you know, learn sort of on your own time. Um, That has graduated 50 people in the last 18 months. It only has a 70% employment rate, though. It's really not the same as a full program. You don't sort of get all the same skills and a lot of sort of the hands-on learning. Yeah, the caliber of a lot of the graduates of that program, I've worked with a few of them, has been outstanding. Excellent, excellent work. There was excellent training going on there, which means because the work was so good, there has been criticism. So what kind of criticism has been uh, following this decision? Well, um, groups like the National Institute, CNIB, the National Institute for Blind, the Broadcasting Accessibility Fund, which actually funded the course, funded a course there, and the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians all expressed their disappointment in the decision. A friend of show, David Lepofsky, has been particularly vocal about it on social media, even talking about it last week, which has kind of triggered me to talk about it because I realized I hadn't talked about it when it actually happened. Um, so just an FYI, according to the Hamilton Spectator, Mohawk canceled 10 years ago. They used to have a program that trained orientation and mobility instructors. And most people know those are people who help the blind and people with vision loss get around safely, with, which resulted in a real shortage of instructors when they canceled this program. Um, longer wait times and shorter amounts of service. So this is not the first time they've canceled a program sort of in this area, which doesn't speak well. There's a lot of upset people on social media. Yeah. Karen, let's switch gears here to a story that I covered earlier this week in the Accessibility Story Roundup. A teacher in Cornwall has been giving courses on autism awareness to firefighters. So tell me a little bit about some of the takeaways you had from learning about this story. 
How dare you talk about something from my region, Dave? I know, I know. How dare I? I'm just kidding. Are you okay? You'll get over it? Um, So Jen Fullerton um, has provided autism awareness training for years throughout the region, um, especially to first responders. And the reason behind this is her daughter, Carly, doesn't experience heat sensitivity. Carly has autism. So she may not come out of her room in a fire because she doesn't recognize there's danger. Firefighters might not always recognize that the reason somebody's not doing something is because of autism. So according to the standard freeholder, um, which is the Cornwall newspaper, Jen got certified in first responder autism training, which that is amazing that that's a thing. She was taught by Justin Lewis, a firefighter in Arizona, who created a program called Firefighters versus Autism. Some of the things Jen talks about is that some people with autism don't always understand danger. They may be prone to wandering towards bodies of water or towards traffic, and they may be really overwhelmed by the presence of firefighters and not respond to their instructions like stop. And sometimes that natural instinct that we all have, that fight or flight instinct will kick in and they won't know to what, what the right thing to do is. They may hide in closets when danger is around and may not respond when called. It's also really important to remember that this applies to adults, not just children. Yeah, it's it certainly it, it crosses the spectrum through and through. I thought what was interesting as I was going through some of the reading on this is that a person with a disability is seven times more likely to encounter a first responder during the course of their life than somebody else who does not have a disability, which is uh, a jarring, jarring number when you consider the interactions that may be had and if the sensitivity is not known or how to deal with disability is not known by a first responder, the situation can be really bad, whether it's a firefighter, a cop, an EMT, et cetera. So that was something that jumped out to me. But Karen, the other thing that jumped out to me was at the bottom of this story that the fire department in Cornwall is taking this very seriously and asking people if they want to, to come have their family members do meet and greets at the fire station and also do a little bit of an assessment on what maybe their needs might be. I I saw that. I think that's a great idea. That number jumped off the page at me as well, Dave. That 7% really seems large. Um, the, the reason that they want the families to come and have that conversation with them is that no two people with autism are like, no two people, no two people anywhere are like. So the firefighters learned from this course that the people they really want to talk to is the caregiver, whether it's the parent or an adult sibling who is caring for this, for the person with autism or disability and what might be best. So they get to know the people, they get to know the community. Cornwall's a really small community, so you're able to do that. Um, Jen's actually taking the course to Ottawa in the next few months too, to teach some of the firefighters there. And I'm sure the firefighters in Ottawa, as we've had experiences with them, Dave, they'll, they'll open their doors as well and say, come on by most firefighting stations. You can sort of stop by and say, hi, you know, what, who doesn't like to look at fire trucks or firefighters? <laughs> I'll throw that out there at 930 in the morning. All right. There's some good objectification as we say goodbye to Karen McGee on our way out the door. Sorry, you're right. I apologize. Karen, I heard that you're not part of the news quiz next week. I heard that you're taking a week off. Um, I'm taking a couple days off. Um, is a side story. My in-laws passed away during COVID, so we're going to scatter their ashes on their former family oh, cottage. Oh, Karen, I'm sorry about that. No, and I'm actually, s- actually, it's not. No, it's not sad. It's it's lovely. Like, wouldn't you want to be spend the rest of your life, your eternity, at a place that would meant more to you than anything else? That's well put. I was going to make a snarky yeah. remark, but then you hit me with positive you? emotion. No. So I would Look just, it, after, we'll, <laughs> Karen. After all your praise for Andy Frank, I'm still hurt. You know, it's okay. uh, well, you know, your your <laughs> uh, your mentorship with me is a little bit different, but but you know, I, I I can give you love too. But the fact is, but but the fact is, uh, I already give you love on the air all the time. So we got to go, all Karen. The time. Thank you for this. Anytime, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. 
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.